Hello and welcome back to another episode of Adventures from the Van. I am Jenny and I'm joined here by my furry co-host companion Dakota. Uh, We are parked actually on the beach today. We have been journeying around the coast in Washington. We're currently in Olympic National Park and it has been such a beautiful change from the heat that we went through a couple weeks ago. Um, But it's gray and kind of moody weather um, and cold and really beautiful on the beach. Uh, Dakota has now been from one coast to the other, which is awesome. Um, And so, yeah, we've just been enjoying our summer trip. And uh, our plus one is still here, too. I kicked him out of the van for recording. So he's hanging down by the beach and trying to do my best to keep getting these podcasts out to you while uh, I no longer am alone in the van. So let's jump right back in. During the last podcast episode, I left off as I was venturing through Texas. I was kind of journeying into the middle of nowhere, trying to get from San Antonio to Big Bend, which is quite the journey. This was taking me sort of out of my comfort zone of The traveling I had done so far in the van, which was a lot of time on the East Coast, cities, a lot of Cracker Barrels and Walmart parking lots, and now I was going to be going through these long stretches of kind of nothing. Um, I was also going to be super close to the border, which I had never been that close to the border before, so I was really just not sure what to expect at all. And um, it was a lot of just long, flat driving. Um, I still did some overnights at Walmarts and, um, eventually I, I came pretty close to, uh, a border town and as I was getting close to it, there were like, there was a train stopped along the side of the road and all of these border patrol cars, like searching this train. And it was the first time that I like kind of realized Uh, how different it is to live that close to the border Um, and just a totally new world for me. And so I had this route planned and as I was getting sort of on the last stretch towards Big Bend, um, I was coming up to something that was labeled a checkpoint. And I'm like, a checkpoint? Like I'm not planning to go into... Mexico like this isn't a border crossing but what in the world is a checkpoint and like as I'm driving up to it I'm like starting to get kind of nervous because I like I don't even think my passport is valid like the last thing I need to do is like accidentally be in line for a border crossing and not be able to cross a border or want to cross a border so I'm like starting to panic a little bit and then I'm like there's no way that this is like a border crossing I'm like checking my map and but I'm like certainly close to the border and everybody standing outside of this place is very official looking and so I'm like oh no like do I reverse like that's probably exactly what you shouldn't do is like back out of a checkpoint whatever that is and so as I'm getting closer like my heart starts kind of racing and I'm like okay no there's no way I'm going into Mexico just like play it cool it'll be fine and I like roll down the window and the officer like looks at me and he's like okay you is it just you and I'm like yeah just me and my dog and he's like okay and are you a U.S. citizen I said yes and he's like all right go ahead 
I'm like, okay. And so I drive off and I'm like, okay. So I'm like not in Mexico, right? And then all of a sudden I get a text on my phone that says, welcome to Mexico. And I'm like, there's no way I'm in Mexico. Like you didn't even ask me for my passport. And I wasn't in Mexico, but I think my phone had just like jumped to a tower in Mexico because I was so close, but it it led to even more confusion for me. And as I continued on, I learned that these checkpoints are not border crossings, um, but are just very common around that area in Texas. So anyways, after I realized I was still in the U.S., so it was good to go, I continued my drive and got just outside of Big Bend National Park. Big Bend is huge, and I had planned a day off of work so that I could have enough time to explore the park. So I got to the last possible spot that I still had a cell signal at and was going to spend the night there so that as soon as I was done working, I could go into the park. And so I get to this spot, and it's like a roadside rest stop um, where I grew up, and most rest stops in the country are, like, established with, like, a big bathroom area and lots of parking. In this area in Texas, they are not. They're just these little pull-offs that can fit a couple of cars. They have a couple of picnic tables and a garbage can, and they have no bathroom. But you can stay there for, like, 24 hours. So it's convenient, although there's no bathroom. And you're like right on the side of the freeway. So it's definitely not quiet or like a lovely place to stay, but definitely worked for the night and I had a cell signal. So I stopped there for the night. I remember sitting there, I had the the sliding door open and the door was like facing the mountains. I was finally like back in the mountains. It felt like the southwest again and I finally felt like I was sort of back home like this is what I had been just aching for as I was leaving Florida and making my way back out west Dakota was like curled up I was playing music and just enjoying finally being a little bit closer to nature and outside of city life again so I was extremely happy and really excited to explore this new park and so I got up in the middle of the night did my last day of teaching for a whole day and how it would work is like I I often didn't take very many days off of work because I only worked a couple of hours and I had my days open so even if I worked it kind of felt like I had the day off I just was a little bit sleep deprived but if I took a day off it was kind of like having two days off because I was done working usually by 6 or 7 a.m and so I'd have that whole day and the next day So uh, I finished working and ventured on into the park. But Big Bend is huge. And I get into the park thinking that I will get a backcountry site. So there are a a bunch of backcountry sites that you can stay at. You do have to have a permit. So I went into the permit office and there were a bunch of people in there. You take a number and you talk to a park ranger and they tell you what site you can stay at. And I wait in line. I finally talk to a ranger and I'm like, I'm just looking for one night in a backcountry spot. And he asked me about what kind of car I have. And I'm like, in a Dodge Sprinter. He's like, well, I don't feel comfortable sending you to the sites that are still open because you're not going to make it down there in your vehicle. And they're so close to the border. We've had people crossing there. Considering that you're alone, I don't feel comfortable sending you out there by yourself. 
which was unfortunate because that was kind of what I was banking on as my place to stay in the park. And the park is so huge that it takes like an hour plus to drive through parts of it. So like I couldn't just go back to the rest stop I stayed at for the night and then drive back in. It would be just way too much driving. And so the park ranger had said, well, go try this campground. It's first come, first serve. People will be leaving now, but you better go straight there. So I start this like hour drive to this campground and uh, I get there and there is a spot open and I'm so relieved. So I grab the spot. I set up my camp. I'm so excited to camp in this campground in the park. Like I have no cell signal. It's such a relief to be like way off the grid. And I've got basically two days ahead of me of just exploring. And if you ever make it to Big Bend National Park, or this actually works for any parks, but the one for Big Bend is free. There is an app called Just Ahead, and it's really cool for going through national parks because it's like a guided audio tour, and you can play your own music through your car speakers, and it uses your GPS location so that when you get to a spot in the park, it stops your music and then narrates where you are and the things around it tells you history of it and the things to look for. Uh, It's a little bit pricey for each park, depending on like how long you're going to be there, but you learn some really cool things. So I was listening to this app and making my way through the park after I had dropped all of the stuff. Um, There, I don't think there were any dog friendly trails in that park. So My time was spent like doing a couple laps around the campground with Dakota and then getting out to hike as much as I possibly could in the next two days. Um, I went into the Rio Grande, which was amazing, and I saw all sorts of cool things. I did a ton of hiking, but meanwhile, I was also super drained from just working overnight, doing all these long drives, driving from one end of of the park to the other. And I remember at one point I was just so exhausted. I like pulled off on the side of the road and took like a 15 minute nap just to try and like get myself through the rest of the things I wanted to do and see. So I had filled my time so well seeing everything, stopping at every pullout. And then it was time to venture back to camp, which at this point was like another hour and a half drive because I had made my way across the park. So I get back to camp and... When I had set up earlier, um, there were a bunch of people around, and I had taken Dakota for those laps, so I was kind of scoping out who was there, and I realized I was the only person there by myself, which is not uncommon for the way that I travel, but it was kind of weird in a campground, because it was just like so in my face that I was the only person there alone, and also because the campsites were super close together, um, everyone's cooking together and hanging out and laughing and talking. And like, I'm sitting at my picnic table by myself, like cooking myself a meal. And I ended up noticing that there was one other van there with someone by themselves. And it was a guy. And I'm like, well, what would you look at that? Like, this never happens that there's a single guy in his van in the same place as me. And so I kind of hyped myself up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to finish eating dinner and I'm going to grab two beers and I'm just going to go over there and be like, hey, do you want to share a beer with me? And that would give me someone to talk to. And who knows, like maybe he's cute. 
So I am like finishing up my dinner. I'm getting myself all pumped up to go be brave and like go over there and talk to him. And I watch as he goes over to a group of people next to his campsite, introduces himself and like joins their group of people. So I'm like, dang it. Now I'm by myself and I'm the only person by myself. And he has ruined my plan to talk to him. And now if I want to be with anybody, I have to go over to that group who's already just accepted a stranger. But there was also a fire ban that night. So my other thing with like camping by myself is that it doesn't really feel lonely because I'll have a campfire and that gives me something to do and it occupies my time and I I don't feel like I'm sitting there by myself in the dark with nothing to do. So there's no campfire. My only option was to go over to that big group of people who were drinking and having a great time. And I just kept thinking they're not going to be weirded out by me just going over there. So I did. I got brave and I brought a beer and I was like, hey, can I come join you guys? I'm camped here alone. And they're like, oh yeah, sure. So I grab Dakota and I grab my beers and my chair and I go sit and had a great time chatting with all of them and I start I'm sitting next to that that single guy and he's really good looking but he was not very bright as soon as he started talking and he's like telling this story about how that day he had gone to the Rio Grande so the Rio Grande goes through Big Bend National Park, and it actually is on the border of the U.S. and Mexico. Um, This is also in the height of the build the wall time. And like most people don't realize that like if you were to build a wall there, you'd be building that like through the river. There's already a wall, so to speak. It's the Rio Grande River. So anyways, this guy is telling the story about going to the Rio Grande and that he's standing on the the shore earlier that day and he was like talking about trying to swim across to Mexico and he's like making a big scene and he drank a beer and then says like viva the Alamo and then like swam across and touched the shore and swam back and people were cheering for him and I just like my eyes rolled back into my head and was like, yeah, this is <laughs> this like crushed my dreams of like meeting the van guy on the road. So that didn't <laughs> get pursued at all. But it was really nice to have some company that night. And I was really proud of myself for being so brave because I actually grew up pretty shy. And so this was me like starting to really come out of my shell and talk to strangers and meet cool people on the road. So the next day I had, you know, one last day to fill. I had to leave myself enough time to get out of the park and back to that last chance spot for a cell signal with enough time to get a couple hours of sleep before I had to work in the middle of the night. So again, I filled my day with walking Dakota laps around parking lots and then doing as much hiking as I could by myself. And then um, I went to a different end of the park during that day and try to hit all of the spots I hadn't seen. There were some hot springs that I really wanted to go to, but as I was getting to the hot springs, some storms were rolling in, and I didn't trust that I knew enough about what the hot springs were like or the area to trust being out there in a lightning storm, and also 
knowing like leaving Dakota behind we had just come off of this tornado so she was extra scared of thunderstorms and I just didn't want to push my luck so I ended up skipping that part and it ended up not storming of course but we drove our way out made it out of the park and uh it was a whirlwind trip if you ever have the opportunity to go to Big Bend. I highly recommend it. Being there in March was awesome. The wildflowers were incredible, um, but definitely try and give yourself more than two days because that's not quite enough time to see everything without feeling rushed, and it equates to a ton of driving. I finished up in the park, made my way back to that overnight spot, and then it was time to keep journeying on. So I went to a little town just outside of Big Bend called Marathon. Um, There's actually a university there, and there were a couple little hiking trails that were dog-friendly. And since Dakota had pretty much been cooped up in the van for two days, it was time for her to have a little adventure. So I went on this weird little hike with her where there's like, tree a tree with chairs hanging from it and there's like a desk that a bunch of students had brought up there way back in the day so kind of a weird little hike but definitely nice to get Dakota out so we do this little hike and I'm on my way back to the van and this lady stops me and she's like here I want you to have this and she hands me this little bundle of wildflowers and she said these are for you I hope it brings you luck and it was like it shocked me just like the act of that and it was like tied up so beautifully and like arranged so nicely and it really just caught me off guard it was such an act of kindness so I didn't really have a plan of where I was going to park that night Um, it was college spring break and I was this trailhead was like right at the university and so I was trying to figure out where I was going to go there weren't really any spots nearby and I decided I was going to try and stealth camp, which means like parking your van in a spot that is not a campsite and is not approved for overnight camping, but you try and make it look like it's just a car parked there. And so I used my best camouflage and that meant parking my big white van next to all of the university vehicles. So there was like a row of university vehicles and actually like a couple of cop cars. And then I parked my van right next to it thinking that like it seemed way more inconspicuous there than like in the middle of an empty parking lot by itself. And it worked. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not great for like a sound night sleep parking somewhere that like isn't approved for overnight camping. But it worked for me for a night and I felt pretty clever with the camouflage I had used. After Big Bend, I was going to continue my journey north, and there were a few more national parks that I really wanted to see. The first one was Carlsbad Caverns, which is in southern New Mexico, right on the New Mexico-Texas border. So I make my way over there, and there were some free camping spots that were approved campsites, and I was hoping they were going to be just as good as I thought they might be, and they turned out to be even better. I had this open spot, like 
in the desert. Dakota could lay outside. No one was around. So like I could hang up my solar shower and like take a shower again. Um, and it ended up being just like what my soul needed. So we spent today just hanging out at camp. And then the next day I went over to Carlsbad Caverns. Now this w- national park is a big cave. There are some things to do above ground too, I believe, but I was just planning to go hike through the cave. Because it's in southern New Mexico, there are signs when you get into the parking lot saying, like, no dogs allowed left in cars. They actually have a kennel there that you can pay. Um, It's pretty cheap, I think, to leave your dog at an indoor air-conditioned kennel during the day. But because my van is insulated and I have a fan and everything and Dakota doesn't bark, I figured I would just go quickly and leave her in here I always double triple check the temperature I will close everything up sit in the van for about 20 minutes and make sure that the temperature isn't increasing much and then decide to go and then the day that I went it was actually pretty cloudy and not very warm so uh, it ended up being fine but I would definitely not ever recommend doing that Um, I just happened to catch it on a day where it wasn't it wasn't particularly warm outside so it was fine and even then I made my way through the national park as quickly as I possibly could. So when you go to this park, there are two different entrances. You can take an elevator or you can walk in through what's called the natural entrance, which is like the opening to the cave. And so I wasn't planning to take the elevator. I figured I'd take the natural entrance in. And when I talked to the park ranger, they said most people who want to take that entrance in will then take the elevator up so that they don't have to do that walk out. Now, I had been to Mammoth Caves in Kentucky, but that was the only other cave experience I had ever had. And so I go into this cave again, and it's super interesting. It's not really my type of outdoor adventure. It feels very indoors to me. Um, And it's kind of dark and gloomy and cold and wet. Um, It's for sure worth seeing because it's an amazing thing to see but I was like just booking my way through there taking it in but trying to go quickly keeping in mind that Dakota was outside so I do a whole lap of this cave and the cool thing about this cave is that like as opposed to mammoth caves where you can't really see anything without a ticket um, this cave you can do it all on your own so I go through the whole cave and then I have to make the decision whether I'm going to take that elevator out or hike it back up. And as I was hiking in, I realized that I had only seen like three people using the natural entrance to hike up. And it's a lot of like zigzagging and it's all uphill. And all three of those were dudes. And so I am very competitive. And as I saw these three guys coming out and I saw no ladies walking out that way, I decided I was definitely going to do the hike out. So I finished up seeing the things I wanted to, and then I started the hike up out of the cave. As you start the hike up, there are all these signs warning, like, this is strenuous, you have to start it by a certain time and be above ground by this time before the cave closes, and it's the same amount of stories up as the Empire State Building. And it had, like, an estimated time of how long it takes most people, and that was my challenge to beat that and see how fast I could get out so I start this hike up and I'm just 
book in it and people are coming down and they're like, you know, you're going the wrong way, right? <laughs> and uh, I just use that to fuel me out of that cave. Uh, and I hiked probably faster than I ever had. I also had Dakota motivating me to go quickly. And I got up to the top and was probably just like dripping sweat. Um, but I made it back to Dakota and she was fine. And so I was getting ready to get back to camp for the night. And this was also about the time that I realized that I had lost a sandal. So the sliding side door to the van has a step. And I've built a bench there for sitting on that also houses my refrigerator. And underneath the fridge is this like gap. And it's kind of wasted space. So to the side of where you can actually step underneath that refrigerator, I was using it to store some shoes. I would just kind of slide them in there. Well, I'm thinking at that overnight spot that I had stayed at one of the times that I was going either in or out of Big Bend National Park. I kicked that sandal as I was leaving and didn't realize. It was probably when I was like taking Dakota out at like two o'clock in the morning before work, kicked the sandal out, closed the door, drove off, left my sandal on the side of the road. And it, these are nice sandals, so not like cheapo old navy flip-flops. So I was pretty bummed, especially because it's it's hard to get stuff on the road, have stuff mailed to you or whatever. And now I had no sandals. Well, I had one sandal. And it was very reminiscent of like, you know, Cinderella loses her glass slipper. And I, I had to laugh to myself thinking like, oh, this is sort of like the van version of Cinderella. Like I've left my, you know, black strappy Chaco on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere in Texas. And my van, Prince Charming, is sure to find it. And we'll be traveling all over searching Walmarts and Cracker Barrel parking lots until he finds his one true love, me, living in my van. Um, and so I was down to just one sandal, which was a super bummer, but plays a role later on in the story. So I will fill you in on that next time. So we'll go ahead and stop it right there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening, reaching out, letting me know that you love it or sharing it with your friends. Um, if you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Adventures from the Van. You can also send me an email to Jenny at adventuresfromthevan.com or you can find all of these stories and the pictures to go with them on my blog at adventuresfromthevan.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you.